Hey, all you nostalgic stuffed horses. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of Beverly Hills 90210 from Fox to the CW. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning, and I've seen every single last one. Everyone. Yeah. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Other shows on the network include Is It Classic, Does It Rock, where we pick a band or artist and go through their discography album by album, track by track. Three Nice Things, where we force ourselves to say three nice things about a movie with a bad and often earned reputation. Radio 64, featuring video game music remixes, hosted by Dusk vs. Tweak, and previously on X-Men, where we look back on X-Men comics, movies, shows, characters, and you know what, Kedra? Sometimes more. Yeah, sometimes a lot more. Uh, share, <laughs> share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod, and please rate, subscribe, share the show wherever you get your podcasts. This week we are discussing episode two twenty-five, meeting Mister Pony. Now, Kendra, do you recall what our guesses were on who Mister Pony was going to be? I said that they were going to just have a conversation, and someone was going to say they met someone named Mister Pony. And were you correct? No, I was incorrect. And I. I said that it was going to be Steve. I just took a shot in the dark and said, <laughs> I think Mr. Pony is Steve. Was I correct? No, <laughs> definitely okay. not. Okay. All not right. Well, well, then let's uh, crack open the West Beverly Blaze. I'm an investigative reporter for the West Beverly newspaper. This episode originally aired April 2nd of 1992, almost however many years ago to the day from when we're recording this, actually. That's right. 18. 18 years, Kendra. Wow. 18. Yeah. That's a lot of years. On April 1st, Matt Lat- Lanter, who plays Liam Court in the CW years, turned nine years old. Oh, that's cute. When were the CW years? Uh, that show started 2008, ran for five years. So uh, 2008 to 2013, I want to say. Matt Lanter is also the voice of Anakin Skywalker in uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Oh, cool. Yeah. I met the guy and have a signed picture of the guy who was the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, pretty fun. Was he on 90210? No. Then it has no place here. <laughs> on April 2nd, uh, Mafia boss John Gotti is found guilty of five murders, plus conspiracy to, mur- conspiracy to murder, plus loan sharking, plus illegal gambling, obstruction, obstruction of justice, bribery and tax evasion the reason the biggest reason i mention this is because literally today i watched the episode of the office where michael uh thinks that the insurance guy is a mafia person oh yeah and they his name is grotty and they're like oh like john Gotti. And I didn't know who that was, really. And then I saw this, and now I learned something. So Guilty of tax evasion, among other things. Among among many other things. (laughs) Uh, On April 3rd, Jenny Garth turned 20. Happy birthday, Cal. Happy birthday. On April, also on April 3rd, two two big kids movies came out. Beethoven, about the the big St. Bernard, and Mm -hmm. Rockadoodle. Oh, Rockadoodle. Yes, we both share she... a love of this movie, Kendra. Yes. I, and I've rewatched it recently for Nostalgia Me This. So go right. back and listen to episode two of That's Nostalgia Me This. Janitor uh, podcast. You'll have we... but to go back in this very feed and you'll yes. find it. Scroll scroll back. You'll see a different podcast with different hosts. Uh, but I, I rewatched it for that and I still thought it was great. 
How so. do you do a Scooby Doo episode and not I'm just sorry. Okay, we're gonna have to me. we're gonna have to do another one, and we're going to have to have to have Nick. I think it needs to be rectified. Yeah, I think so too. Did you watch the Beethoven movies? Oh yeah, yeah, I saw it in theaters. Love. I don't remember why, but I didn't want to go, and I had a real bad attitude, and I was determined not to enjoy it. But when <laughs> Beethoven bites Dean Jones in the crotch, I yeah, just had to laugh. I mean, you fun. can't you can't not enjoy that. So no, yeah. no. Very good. Very good. Uh, and on April 6th, Barney and Friends premiered. Hello again. <laughs> so truly, I uh, was born in the in the Barney and grew up in the Barney. Yes, you did. Bar- the Barney times. Yes, you did. But yeah. but you were here first. And I think that's important yes, to remember. I think that is important. Yep. This was my world before it was Barney's world. Yes. So. <laughs> All right, Nick, uh, let's go beyond the zip code. Let's do it. Let's take a look at James Eckhouse, the uh, patriarch of the Walsh family, who, as we record these episodes, is literally the age I am right now. <laughs> you keep bringing uh, that up. I, it hits. It like hits, it bothers you or something. It hits home, Kendra. It hits home. But I got to say, uh, I mean, I've still got all my hair. No, no. You know, no, no shade meant at James X house, but I'm doing a little better a little in shade. that regard. A little bit of right. shade. I take it back. <laughs> anyway, he made his on-screen debut in an episode of the long-running soap opera Another World back in 1982. Other early in credits include a role in the Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd film Trading Places and the Michael Douglas, Sharon Stone movie Fatal Attraction. Ooh, I've never, I've seen clips oh, wait, of Sharon Stone. Isn't that Glenn Close? I think that's Glenn Close. Uh, I'm not sure. Michael, yeah. You have to look yeah. it up. Yeah, basic basic instinct is Sharon Stone, Michael Douglas. Ah. Glenn Close. It's Glenn Close. Basic instinct, fatal attraction. Yeah, potato potato. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen parts of Trading Places, um, but I, being funny. I don't think I've seen the whole thing, but yeah, I I also remember it being funny. So, all right, let's get into Living in Beverly Hills. Our synopsis for our only episode today, Meeting Mr. Pony, is the gang is shaken when Brenda is held at gunpoint in an empty peach pit. They do their best to comfort her, but she continually shrugs them off and insists she's fine. Brenda soon learns that avoiding the trauma isn't the same as dealing with it. This was an intense episode. It was. It was a powerful episode. And I also think it's sort of – I was kind of surprised that they so freely dropped PTSD because I think that was – a relatively new term, I mean, not really, but in 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 popular use, I think that was you know within the first ten years or so of that really being recognized for what it is. So yeah. I was a little surprised by that. But guest cast today includes David Kriegel as our robber. Uh, David would reunite with Shannon Doherty on a 1999 episode of Charmed. Do you huh. think they talked? You think they talked about this episode? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he was like, I was the one who in the peach pit with. <laughs> I like to think they did. He also recurred on Lois and Clark and did guest spots on Quantum Leap, Saved by the Bell, and 21 Jump Street. Nice. Richard Gant as the inspector. Did you recognize him? Uh, Kind of. Not, okay. not particularly. For me, he's one of those guys who was just everywhere he's just he's been working steadily since 1980 um he was on a show i loved called men of a certain age with andre brower uh scott bacula and ray romano two season show one of my all-time favorites and he he was a regular on that uh he recorded on the mindy project and of course played george washington duke in rocky five of course who was he on the mindy project you know i i can picture him but i don't remember the character but he was there for seven or eight episodes oh yeah that's a good show well 
parts of it are good. Let's not yeah, get into it. <laughs> there's parts you gotta just sort of power through, but yeah. I think it's worth a watch. I think so too. Lorreen Vaza finally as the therapist. Nobody has names in this episode. Yeah. She also <laughs> uh, notably appeared on Melrose Place in a different character as a judge. She recurred on shows like NYPD Blue, L.A. Law, and Party of Five. And for all you Trekkies out there, she played a pivotal role on Star Trek Voyager as Irene Hansen, who was Seven of Nine's only living relative. Seven of Nine. She would go on to appear pretty prominently in the Voyager books, but she's only in one episode. Nice. But I, I thought to, it worth mentioning. I need to finish Picard because... Yeah, fine. That What? Okay. Don't say anything because I haven't finished it. Well, okay. I mean, I... Okay. <laughs> Zip. Zip your lips. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey, before we do that, I have a confession to make, Kendra. Yes. Uh, I interviewed Susan Wiggs today. Yes, uh, you author, did. Uh, yeah, thank you. Author of the Oysterville Sewing Circle and other such things. Uh, this is for the All the Books podcast. In the Oysterville Sewing Circle, she throws some shade at Beverly Hills 90210. Really? She says, um, she's like, whenever I think of Beverly Hills, I think of that boring show my sister used to watch. <laughs> and so I fully intended to bring this up with her. But the issues in Oysterville Sewing Circle are very serious. Uh, it's about a, that sort of thing. And I just, there was not a good window for me to needle her about 90210. So I did not bring it up. But if she bummer. listens to this podcast, I want her to know <laughs> that the 90210 reference was heard and not appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, let's do it. All right, we start this episode at the Walsh house. Dylan and Brenda are studying. Well, Brenda is trying to study. Dylan is trying to to not study, yeah. trying to get her to make out with him. Um, Part of the deck. Uh, he says that Brenda is really obsessed with studying. And apparently Brenda studies all the time. This is news to me. Yeah, I've uh, not heard of <laughs> Apparently that's what she does. So Brenda decides uh, that they are going to go somewhere else. And so where they go is the Peach Pit, and everyone else is also there. Right away, I got to say that I really miss the real Peach Pit music. And this one was at least, at least I could see what they were doing going for like a 1950s Yeah, the right genre. It was at least in the wheelhouse, but that would have been, you know, like Unchained Melody or something, you know, something legit. And it does, it does have quite an impact, at least for me, just hearing all these like lame, made up songs in the background instead so yeah. you know there's nothing to, nothing to be done about that because unless you can find it airing on tv somewhere and i don't think it is uh you're stuck with music replacement but it, it's a real bummer why did they change it on the dvds because how you know back back when they weren't thinking about distributing things on home video they didn't make deals for people being able to like purchase and own those episodes mm. so so the deals covering the music only covered TV airings, and so to go back and relicense all that music would be so expensive that it would hold up the DVDs. They wouldn't be able to afford it. Gotcha. So Andrea and Steve uh, are studying at the at the counter with Brandon, who's working. Uh, Nat says he likes Andrea and Steve. You say yes, they are together mm-hmm. in this episode. Uh, and Nat uh, says he likes midterm time because when the library closes, all the kids come to the Peach Pit, and so yeah. he gets a lot of business. Mm-hmm. Kelly is also there, but she's not really studying. She's just trying to avoid uh, being at home because the wedding coordinator. Uh, is there and they're planning uh, Mel and her Jackie are planning their wedding. Yeah. Donna and David are also there. Donna is uh, studying for is it algebra? They're studying for a math midterm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, she's like she's talking about 
well, it's easier for me because this is my second time doing this class <laughs> for Donna. It's her second time uh-huh. around on this class. So they're there for a while. Then we cut to the Peach Pit is closing. Everyone's packing up. Steve and Andrea leave together. Like they are leaving in the same car, hanging mm-hmm. out together. So then it's just Brenda and Dylan and Brandon. And there's so much there's so much Brenda and Dylan making out just in the first mm-hmm. like 10 minutes of this episode. Yes. So finally Brandon gets Dylan to come help him with the recycling out back, leaving Brenda alone in the peach pit. So Yeah, she's... and I guess that, I guess I mean it's we're after hours. The peach pit is closed at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. But the door's not locked and they're all still kind of hanging around. Right. So it's just Brandon's locking up and they happen to all still be there. Yeah. Um, so but Brenda's still still studying while she's waiting on them to do the recycling. So Andrea comes back in and kind of scares Brenda, but she was just grabbing a book that Steve left behind. So then um Steve, you say. <laughs> so then she leaves and it's just Brenda sitting alone. And when I read the Hulu synopsis for this episode, I didn't I didn't realize what was going to happen. So Ooh, I like I felt the tension of her yeah. sitting there cuz there was like no music really. It yeah. was just like silent and yeah. she's like sitting in the dark studying and I was like, "Uh-oh, something bad is about to happen." I know. I do think they do a really nice job with the um with the lighting in that episode because yeah. it is it they do manage to make the peach pit kind of creepy like they mm-hmm. really drive home the emptiness of the place and so when andrea first comes back and you just hear the bell it's like a bah you know yeah and that's sort of a false sense of security then you're like oh okay well, no big deal yes so then she she sits alone for a minute we hear the door the bell op- open the door again and she thinks it's andrea but she turns around and it's a man who has a shotgun, yeah. which let me tell you, I think is scarier than just like a pistol. Definitely. I because mean, you're not, you not going to survive. There's no way no. you're going to survive. I mean, he's aiming it at her head. Were he yeah. to pull the trigger, she wouldn't have a head anymore. Exactly. So exactly. very scary. So Definitely. he um, he's very like kind of manic and he gets her to to you definitely think he's on drugs yeah to uh he gets her to go open the register she's freaking out um and earlier there was a little scene where nat couldn't get the register open um and that kind of comes back here because she has trouble opening the register um but finally she gets it open and she gives him all the money and um then he like gets really creepy and is telling her she's cute and mm-hmm. finally he forcing he, her to say thank you for yeah. the compliment and Ugh. all that yeah it's so a, gross. It's a gross turn and then finally he gets her to like sit on the ground and turn around and has her like count to 10 while he runs away yeah. but you don't really he doesn't say that he just says count to 10 yeah he doesn't say so i can leave but the the thing that i think really works well in this is that all the all the while we're flashing back between uh brandon and dylan out back sorting recycling yes. and brenda in here and what i thought struck me about that is is so well done is that brandon and dylan are just being so stupid yeah like not out of character or anything they're just like screwing around they're just out like Dylan breaks a bottle and they're like, you know, doing doing three point shots with crunched cans. Yeah, and everything. they're taking their time. They're goofing yeah. around. And that, yeah, and so I just think it works really well. Yeah, I think so too. So finally, they come back in and see the mess. Like there's broken stuff everywhere, and they find Brenda uh, on the ground 
and they call the police. So then the, the police arrive and they're taking information. Brenda says she didn't really get too good of a look at the guy because she was, yeah. you know, preoccupied with the gun in her face. Um, everyone commends Brenda for how well she did, uh, saying that she handled the situation really well. Uh, Cindy and Jim show up to, uh, you know, see how she is yeah, and take her right. home. And then Dylan notices that her purse is missing. Yeah. So the guy took her purse with all Meaning of her personal information. Her address, the works. Yes. Which would really freak me out. Like she oh, yeah. she tries to sleep in this episode. I would mm-hmm. not be sleeping. Yeah. There's no way. I would I wouldn't be sleeping at all, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So then then we go back to the Walsh house. Everyone we get, a, we get a call back too. We get a call back to the episode uh with um with the Ash family when when Jim's like well we should maybe we should get an alarm a, a working one this oh, time yeah. <laughs> he does say that, that yeah, I didn't that even connect ep- it that whole episode was about they got that faulty alarm system yeah <laughs> polarity ensued but I, I like the callback that's funny I didn't even connect that so everyone is trying to tell Brenda that you know it's fine he's not going to come after her like he just took the money and ditched the wallet she she's going to be okay um. And Brenda, she kind of plays it off. She's like, I know, it's fine. Like, it happened and now it's over. And then this is where we learn about Mr. Pony. Yeah. So Jim tells us. Is it Steve? No. Darn it. Steve could be someone's Mr. Pony, I suppose. We all have a Mr. Pony. place a bet that Steve (laughs) was Mr. Pony. That was a bad, bad bet there. Listen to Duke. I know I should (laughs) have. So we we hear this story that Brenda used to love to ride horses, but one time her horse got stung by a bee and it like freaked out and she fell off. And then she was really scared to go riding again. So I think it was Jim got her a stuffed animal horse named Mr. Pony. Mr. Pony. And she, you know, that that helped her to be able to. Uh, to get back on the horse and overcome her fear, and they're they're likening literally, that both to... literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and so they're likening that to to this situation. Yes. Brenda's biggest worry here uh, is that she's going to have to retake her driving test because he right. stole her license. Which... Another fun callback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So later that night, she's Brenda's getting in bed. Cindy found Mr. Pony and and brings it to her so that she can sleep with it. And then she she goes to sleep, uh, which I, again, would not be able to do. But while she's sleeping, she she has a dream. She wakes up. And again, it's like there's no music in yeah. this scene. It's just quiet, which mm-hmm. works really well. So she, like, wakes up and sees the bathroom door is open. And so she goes in the bathroom to, like, look in the mirror. And then she turns around and the guy is there. Yeah. Uh, and we see it's, like, a bad dream. Yeah. Um. So I... There are a lot of good, like, effective, yeah, I think so too. Scary parts in this episode. Jim and Cindy had a little conversation there, or maybe it's coming up, where Cindy brings up the pamphlet for dealing with the trauma. That is coming. That's the next okay. scene. All right. So it's the next morning, and yeah, the police gave Cindy a women's crisis hotline or place uh, pamphlet, uh, but Jim is very like, we shouldn't give this to her. Like, she's suggestible. We don't want her to like freak out needlessly like if she's if she's doing fine let's let her be fine what did you think about that assessment um i think that it's kind of naive i guess i mean she's she's got to be dealing with stuff even if she's 
you know, seeming like she's fine. Like, yeah, it's a big yeah, deal. I, I know what you're saying, but I do sort of feel like I understand Jim's approach to sort of wait and see because he says, you know, with with the, an imaginative kid like Brenda, this is likely to make her think about it more. Yeah, and that's not feel off worse about it. And I, I mean, sort of she like, is she is. Uh, yeah, I think, imaginative. <laughs> I think Brenda specifically, I think Jim had a point there. So I don't really fault him for not jumping to that. I think maybe you're supposed to. But I I understand that that was his instinct. Yeah, I, I get that. Okay. So then Brenda comes downstairs. She's wearing an outfit I love. It's like this green stripey shirt with like a green skirt. Kendra, I wrote it down. And if you don't have that outfit, you need to find one online. (laughs) Because that was like a perfect Kendra outfit. (laughs) I have a shirt. I have like a stripey orange and white dress. Yes. That's very similar to that. Yeah. So yeah, I loved it. And her hair was on point. And I loved Kelly's heart dress. Oh, I didn't. I don't You're even. Both, both very, very stylish, very oh, snappy dresses. I don't dresses remember the heart dress. Suit. It was all red with just white hearts all over it. Oh. I don't know. I don't remember. We need to know. again. We need to be taking pictures of these outfits. Yeah, so style, we can... style blog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they kind of ask Brenda how she is, and she says she's fine. She feels great. She's ready for school. So off to school. Uh, when th- when they're at school, Steve asks Brenda how she is because he had you know left uh, before all that happened, and Brenda plays it off, says she's fine. Then she goes up to Dylan and like sneaks up on him and like pretends she has a gun to his back. <laughs> yeah, which a little too soon. Yeah, feels little, too soon. <laughs> I mean, she was part of it, but yeah, yeah. a little too soon. Yeah, um, well, because. And Dylan are dealing with their own version of this where they yeah. feel like they're out there just like horsing around being idiots while Brenda has a shotgun to her face. And yeah. so they, they're they feeling like, I mean, essentially they're feeling like survivor's guilt and they're obsessing about what would have happened had it gone differently. Yes. So Dylan, you know, it says he's sorry that there's nothing he can do. He wants to help, but there's really nothing he can do. Um, so they, they have a little kissing, which can't not help, I guess. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And then she has a she has a flashback like while they're kissing to the kiss that he gave her right before he went out to do mm-hmm. the recycling. Right. So we see that she, you know, she's still thinking about what happened. So in study hall, Brenda can't focus on her work. Andrea comes in and says she was late because she had to go to the police station to give a statement because I guess she saw the guy as she was leaving. Okay. Um, and she keeps trying to talk to Brenda about it, but this makes Brenda really upset. She, she doesn't want she just wants to move to on. She yeah. doesn't want yeah, doesn't want to talk about it. Later on, Brandon wants a drink from the drink machine, but it's broken. He can't get a, a drink out of the machine i don't know and kelly also wants a drink but then you know brandon informs her that it's broken and she says she's like that's it i'm going home (laughs) (laughs) can't blame her had it they're they're all really stressed because because midterms are are that week so they're yeah and they were all i mean they really all just missed it like you said steve and andrea were right there and if they had hung around a few seconds later you know it's like everybody's sort of feeling feeling it because it was not it was not like they were in some skeevy park or like doing ecstasy with Emily Valentine in a club. They were just, they were just hanging out in the peach pit. And so it feels very close to home to all of them. Yes. So then the gang is talking about like, Brandon has to go back to work and Donna's like, well, how can you go back there? And Brandon's like, well, that I, I work there. Like I have to go Mm -hmm. back. And so they all decide they're going to go 
to the peach pit to hang out after school, but Brenda makes up an excuse, uh, you know, for going. And Andrea then is talking to Brandon that she's worried about Brenda. Mm-hmm. And Brandon's like, well, maybe she just doesn't want to talk to you, Andrea. <laughs> Which, kind of a burn. Yeah, So then at, <laughs> at home, Brenda... Uh, and Brandon have a little scene where they're kind of talking about what happened. She returns a shirt to him that she had stolen from him like five years earlier. Oh, yes. Um, yep. But she's organizing her closet. That's like her. A little manic. A little yeah, manic. Yeah, it's like her project to here. take her mind off of uh, everything. Yep. And Brandon tells her that everyone is really impressed with how well she's handling it. And then Brenda goes to sleep, has another bad dream. And I forget what happens in this one. I think it's just the guy, the guy comes in to the mm-hmm. to the peach pit again. There's yeah, there's one where she's like Dylan, don't go, and there's different versions each time where things yes. slightly differently. I think that was that was the one where she's okay. like Dylan, don't go. So the next morning, everyone is really worried about her because it's they need to go to school, but she's not dressed. She's got like everything out of her closet. Her yeah. room is just filled with her clothes, and she's like going on about how she has nothing to wear and. Um, so they're all they're all a little bit worried about her, but she says she's fine and that she's going to go to school and take her midterms. So at school, they're in class, they're taking the midterms, and to start the the midterm, the teacher rings a bell, which gets her uh, going back to the bell that rang when the door opened. And this is the one where she has um, where she imagines that Dylan and Brandon came back in, and then mm-hmm. the guy ended up killing. Right. Shooting them. Um, so she screams in the right middle of this midterm and yep. just like runs out of the room and Dylan has to chase her down and and uh, and calm her down. So this is where she kind of admits like she's not OK. Right. <laughs> she's been trying to pretend that she is, but she's not. At home, Brenda is in bed, and you can tell she's been crying, and Cindy and Jim, Cindy and Jim walk in to talk to her, but they kind of have, like, this funny saunter, like, walking into her room. I don't know why it made me laugh. It was just a regular walk, but the looks on their faces. That's funny. (laughs) Just made me laugh. I don't know why. So Brenda thinks that Jim is going to be disappointed in her for not, you know, handling it well. Right, right. And... Jim is like, no, like, obviously that's fine, and suggests that she see a uh, counselor. That's right. Brenda is really reluctant to see a counselor. Has she seen a counselor before in this show? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know why maybe I thought she had, but she's, you know, she feels like... I think the only thing was that they were doing those, like, psych tests on twins back in the... You know, that's the only thing I can think of. That's true. So while they're having this conversation upstairs, Dylan and Brandon are on the phone and they're talking about uh, they both feel like, you know, if only we had done this or if only this had happened. Yeah. Um, And they're just rehashing everything, blaming themselves. Yes. Feeling, you know, like you said, survivor's guilt, basically, about what happened. So the next scene is at the, the shrink's office. Ugh, Brenda is wearing this plaid jacket that I hate. <laughs> yeah, I know. I really she, didn't like she it. She and Dylan are wearing like giant matching flannel <laughs> overcoats. They they look ridiculous. <laughs> um, so I thought it was weird that the way their chairs are, they're like right next to each other. So they have to like turn their necks to be able to see yeah. each other. 
I thought that was kind of weird the way they the chairs yeah, were set up. I know. I was trying to figure that out too. I don't know if it was supposed to be like less intimidating. Like they weren't they... facing each other. They were like right. side by side. It was. I don't. Yeah. It was strange. So she's describing all her what she's been going through, and the shrink says, "Like this is normal. You have. It sounds like you have PTSD." Um, which, like you said, like I I did a big research paper on PTSD in college and a lot of people just like didn't believe it was a real thing like for right. a long time. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's a it's a big deal that they identified it as that. Um, and so the psychologist wants her to think of her most happy time. And so she describes going horseback riding on her horse Sylvester and riding her horse is the happiest uh, she's ever been. I would not have predicted that that was Brenda's happiest memory. But Yeah, I wouldn't have either, but there it is. And then we kind of see a flashback of uh, a kid riding a horse. And I, <laughs> Jim is there in the flashback, and he's in this, like, big flannel thing. And mm-hmm. it, it made me laugh. I thought it was cute. Cute little baby Brenda, though. Yeah. Yeah, so cute. Um, and so she's thinking about this time. And then all of a sudden, the, the robber pops up and like on the horse with her and scares her. Um, but the, sh- the shrink says that they're going to like just keep working on it and that it's going to get better yep. with time. Yeah. Basically that Brenda's admitted that she needs it at all. Yes. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a good step. First step. At home, the whole gang is waiting for her because Brandon told them where she was going. Right. So they're trying to think of like, we need to do something so it doesn't look so obvious why we're all just sitting on the couch waiting. Look, I don't believe that Steve would turn down the opportunity to play Twister with Kelly. No, I don't believe not. it. Definitely not. I don't not. believe it. Twister was thrown out there. Andrea says, like, let's just tell her the truth. We're just waiting, you know, to see yeah. her. But then. Andrea. Andrea's reading like a, a hardcover book from 1893 and they're like, Andrea, can you put the book down? And she slams the book shut. No bookmark. Yeah. And goes right back into How it. How's she so going to remember? You can't exactly. do that in a big book like Those that. Those kind of pages? No way. No way. They didn't way. have Goodreads in 1992. No, you can't mark that. You can't mark that. <laughs> so, but as soon as they see Brenda pull up like in the driveway, everyone like frantically pulls out Scrabble and they, yeah. you know, start setting it up like they're playing. Um, Brenda walks in and immediately like can tell that they're not <laughs> yeah, playing they're Scrabble. Like, they're like, hey, it's cool. Just rocking and rolling, playing Scrabble. You know, Steve says they're playing that. reverse Scrabble because yeah, <laughs> the words don't actually spell anything. Right. They're just nonsense. Steve's like, yeah, you lose points when you spell real words. So <laughs> I thought that was funny. I, I would have called this episode reverse scrabble for that reason <laughs> ah yes i just think very good yeah i like it um so you know they all admit like we knew where you were we wanted to see if you were okay and then david and kelly and steve all talk about how they've all been to to shrinks um because of you know Divorce the stuff with their parents and, and all the stuff they've been through with that and brenda says that she feels less confused um after think because of the way Steve is like early on checking in on her and the way he's commiserating about therapy and everything. Do you think in a way Steve is Mr. Pony? I do. You know, do I think that's what we're, I think you were right. I <laughs> you think see, that's okay. the connection well, we're supposed to make. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought so too, but I wanted to make sure both of us agreed. <laughs> so while they're having this con- conversation, Cindy gets a phone call and it turns out to be the police. They have arrested a suspect and they want Brenda to come down uh, and look at a lineup. And she's like, nope, not going to yep, do it. Yep, she, <laughs> Goodbye, she's, everyone. Yep, she's out. She's not doing that. So later that night, uh, 
Jim, Cindy, and Dylan are all trying to convince her to go. There's a lot of boom mic in this scene, I noticed. And Brenda gets... Favorite re- recurring character, yeah. would you say? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> boom the boom mic. Boomy. Boomy the boom mic. Oh, <laughs> so Brenda gets mad at Dylan for trying to pressure her to, to do this. But finally, she does decide to to go down to the police station. Yep. So they go down, and the the guy who plays the officer is so much taller than she is. He's like a giant, like towering over her. Um, mm-hmm. But he he takes her in the back, and they look at a lineup of guys. I want to give a shout out to the guy who played not not the inspector, like the main cop, but the guy who was telling her about the lineup. Uh-huh. He delivers those lines in such a blase way. He's yeah. like, "You're gonna step forward. They're gonna blah 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 blah." Yep. And like, I think that was such a it was such a good acting choice because it felt so genuine yeah. as this cop felt, this felt like Law type. and Order. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so whatever that guy is, I mean, shout out to you, my friend, because that was a <laughs> convincing coppery. Yeah, so while the guys, are, they're each, like, stepping forward, putting on the hat, turning to the left, and she's, like, you know, trying to imagine what happened. And finally, she does recognize one of the, the guys um, as the robber. And she says she wants him to put him away. Yeah, book him, Dano. <laughs> Uh, so then she meets back up with her family and everyone is telling her, you know, she did a great job. She asks the officer who the guy is and the he says it doesn't doesn't matter who he is, but he's just some, you know, 17 year old who's, you know, high on drugs, basically. Right. And she's like, oh, he's not like I'm 17. Like we're the right. same age. It wasn't some like hardened criminal. It was just a just a teen who, you know, was high mm-hmm. on drugs. Mm-hmm. So they go to the peach pit. Brenda is, you know, kind of nervous about going in, but she she hears the the bell and she hears the cash register and, and she does okay. And she's feeling happy to be back in the peach pit. Were you at all worried that she would feel compelled to go in, in, a, in a, as a different character, maybe revisit Laverne? <laughs> I wasn't. Just but to get her. That would have been an interesting coping mechanism. It would have been. It would have been a, a twist, an, an unwelcome twist, but a twist nonetheless. You know, someone commented on our Twitter. I can't remember who it was, sorry, but yeah. um, that they like that episode despite all the Laverne stuff. Like, that's I, an episode they enjoy. I saw that tweet, but I refuse to acknowledge it. <laughs> Well, I'm acknowledging it now. Well, that's your choice. Here, 902 and here we go is nothing if not a democracy. <laughs> so Donna's talking about, yay, she finally passed her algebra midterm. She's going to pass the class, hopefully, and not have to take it again. And Steve makes a joke about, you know, he's not sure if passing English or being held at gunpoint are worse. It's a toss yeah. up for yeah. him, which mm-hmm. I would again say too soon. But everyone yeah. laughs at that yeah. joke. Classic Mr. Pony. So our last scene is back at the Walsh house. Brandon comes in to say goodnight to Brenda. He's in his scrubs. Classic yeah, yeah. Brandon. Yeah. They're just they're just scrubs. They're so starchy. They're so stiff. <laughs> I would not want to sleep in that. Well, he loves I it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And uh, anyway. Brenda says that she thinks she's going to actually sleep well that night. Uh, but she asks Brandon to toss her Mr. Pony from off yep. her from Over off Mr. her dresser. P. Yep. yep. That's the end of the episode. Yes, it is. Kendra, what was your 90210 snap? I think because I didn't know what the episode was about, the guy the guy coming in. 
to the peach pit. Okay. Uh, because I just, I didn't know. I Like when I read the synopsis, it said the gang hangs out at the peach pit. So I thought this was going to be a group, like a slumber party episode where they're all right. at the peach pit sharing stories. Yeah, like a bottle episode. Yeah, but it wasn't. So yeah, that, hmm. that surprised me. What about you? Okay. Um, it was a screaming in class. Yeah, that she's was taking her when she's taking her midterm and she has the flashback and she's like, that, was that I thought was that was my 90210 snap. That was definitely uh, did you did you like the episode? Do you think it holds up? I did. I thought it was well done. Uh, me too. I got no complaints. No, complaints. I think, I think this is a standout here of season two. I, I put it in the top tier of season two. Yeah, I think so, too. Wouldn't you? We should be yeah. paying attention to who like the writers and directors are of each episode so we can. You know what, Kendra? I will take that note and we incorporate it into our living in Beverly Hills in the future. I've yes. thought that a time or two before. As so we well, can kind of, so. you know, see like, oh, I like this writer. Yeah, uh, that's a good idea. So that is a just an idea. Idea. Uh, I want to mention, too, that coming up, uh, we have some we have some fun stuff that we're going to be doing because we're winding this season down. We've got what two more. We got one episode where we're going to do the next two episodes, and then then we're doing the finale with the little season two recap. So yes. right now, folks, start thinking about your favorite episodes of season two, your favorite characters of season two, and send us uh, send them our way on our Twitter page. Uh, here we go, Pod, and the O is a zero. We're also going to be doing an episode on the 90210 original novel, uh, only one of two original novels, The French Rival by Lawrence Crown. Now, Kendra, you're ahead of me on this because you've already read it. I have. Don't give anything Way away. Way ahead of you. Don't give anything away. Uh, le- earlier this year, we did uh, we did a special episode on the, the novel Fantasies by K.T. Smith. This one is just a straight up start to finish novel. It's not vignettes or anything like that. Uh, and this was only published in the UK. So if you can if you can get a hold of it, read it, and then we can book club it. Otherwise, we'll take you through step by step on this whole episode. And then we're going to talk a little Melrose Place because we're right at spinoff time. Spinoff time. So that's a little uh, preview of what's coming. Hey, ahead. I wanted to mention, uh, and this is kind of a spoiler for the show Riverdale. Oh, How far oh. are you in Riverdale? Oh. I stopped a while back. I, I doubt I'll pick it okay. back up. Well, if you if you don't want to hear this, skip ahead. But there is an episode where Luke Perry and Archie are in the, uh, what's the diner called? Pops. Pops. And they, uh, they're sitting there and a robber comes in and yeah. holds up the place and, yeah. and ends up shooting Luke Perry. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder... Yeah. It's just like there's a connection there. They're in like, right. you know, the the hangout place, a robber comes in, Luke Perry's yeah. there. Yeah, that's true. Just connected that's true. that. Interesting. So I wonder you if know, they if they thought about this episode when they were coming you up know, with that I, episode. I did watch that episode when it aired and I didn't put the two together. But yeah, that's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Just wanted to All throw right. that out there. Any fi- any final thoughts on uh, meeting Mr. Pony, Kendra? Uh no. What do you have a Mr. Pony, Nick, in your uh, life? A stuffed well, not really. Nothing that was like lifelong. I was trying, when he said that when they were like everybody had a stuffed animal that they. I remember you didn't have I, like a stuffed animal that was like your stuffed animal. Not really. I had a really? knockoff uh, Cabbage Patch Kid named Joey that I carried around quite a lot when I was really little, but nothing that like transcended. My son has those now. My son has a little chick uh, named Peepers. Who, <laughs> You know, when every time Peepers goes missing, it's like tear the house apart because we cannot live without Yeah, I saw recently that you tweeted that you found Peepers. Yeah, yeah. He'd been missing for a while this time. (laughs) 
and we found him and uh, gave him a bath and he looks great. But did I don't know. What what about you? Did you have one? Yeah, oh yeah. I had a bear, like a like a pretty decent sized teddy bear. His name was Bruno and he was gray yeah, and white. Willis or no connection? No, no. Just I just named him Bruno. I don't know why. And his he had a his nose is kinda like uh ripped up a little bit, but I still have him somewhere. I don't know wow. where he is now, but I also had an American Girl doll uh, <laughs> that looked like me. I got like not one of the actual American girls, but like I, you know, got it to look like me. That's that's creepy though. <laughs> it, no, and her name was Amy, and mm. I loved her. Okay, how so. much like you did she look? She basically just like the same color eyes and the same oh, okay. color hair. I see giant glasses and big bow in her hair. That's no, sort of you know when I had, I don't think I got glasses until much later after. Oh, okay, hmm. so I didn't have glasses at that point. Well, now you can add them. You yeah. can accessorize. Amy. Tweet in and tell us uh, to sh- share a picture of your Mister Pony. That would be ideal. That would be ideal. I will be sharing a picture of Peepers just so everybody can get a sense. <laughs> The Good. man, the, the chick. <laughs> he has a a little peepers and a giant peepers. And a, and a medium-sized peepers. He has a whole chick family. <laughs> I think peepers. it would probably be hard to lose the giant peepers because it's, it's like as big as him. That one's name is Sheldon. And then he has a middle one named Edison. So <laughs> Did he come up with these names? The perfect Easter tie-in. Um, peepers he came up with. Uh, Edison is the like company name that's on the tag, so he started calling him that. And Sheldon, uh, I think he did come up with Sheldon too. Nice. See yeah. a big Big Bang Theory fan. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what a perfect Easter tie-in, right? Yeah. Talking about stuff, chicks. Okay. Well, anything else you want to add before we close up shop? I don't think so. If, Keep if on keeping was- on, everybody. Not enough of hearing my voice. You can pop over to the All the Book Show. We're going to be featuring a interview with best-selling author Susan Wiggs in which we don't talk about 90210, and I apologize. But you can find that at soundcloud.com slash all the books or anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, but beyond that, Kendra, there's only one thing to say. What is it? 9021, here we go. <laughs>